Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live 10-week program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique. And I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up before May 10th, you're going to get the following. A magic morning journal, which is going to help you every day to set your energy in the right way, daily prompts. Plus, you're going to get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me, and you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, you will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there. See what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. You are enough. You matter. You're here for a reason. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short and to stop sitting it out and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek that is what we truly want. And you absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in.
Thanks to Legacy Box for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. There's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Order Legacy Box today to take advantage of Legacy Box's Black Friday Cyber Monday sale. Take an unprecedented 60% off. Also, thanks to Lightbox Jewelry, a new company that specializes in laboratory-grown diamonds, which are chemically identical to natural ones. Although, with Lightbox, you get gorgeous stones every time. To get $25 off your first order, go to lightboxjewelry.com slash dreamjob to use the code dreamjob at checkout. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I hope you guys had a good weekend. I did something cool. I did something I've never done before. I went rock climbing and I just want to give a shout out to my beautiful friend, Orit, who has a new podcast called Amigas in Business. She is amazing and she encouraged me to go. She's actually been asking me to go rock climbing with her for years. And I finally went and I just decided like... It's time to push through the fear or resistance or whatever it was. And um, her husband is so loving and generous. And he, it's called like when the person like holds the rope on the bottom, it's called a belay. So he did the belaying of me and she was next to me going up beside me. And I went further than I thought I could go. And I was stronger than I truly believed I was. And then came the moment where I was ready to come down and that was the scariest moment. And I had to let go of my grip and just trust that the rope would bring me home. And when I let go, I just started to cry because I was okay, you know? And there's been so many times in my life I think about how I just didn't feel that I could let go. And there's been so much fear and so... I even remember in in high school, we do those like games in theater class when you do like a trust fall and I could never do it. And I felt like letting go and coming down was probably equal to like seven years of therapy. And it just goes to show you, you know, so much of what is really in our way is a lack of trust. It's a lack of trust that if we, if we let go, that we're going to be caught and that we are maybe supported more than we believe. And maybe, maybe there's more love and more support than we think. And maybe in ourself, we're actually stronger than we know. So that's what happened yesterday. And um, today on this episode, I wanted to share with you the first chapter of my audiobook. So many of you have been writing in telling me that you're loving this book. And I wanted to share the audio book one more time and to share a chapter because I think there's something special to when you hear me read it and you hear it come like from me. You know, there's an expression in the Talmud that words from the heart, they go right into the heart. And um, I wanted to share it with you also. We are in this moment still before the end of the month where at the end of the month, there's going to be sort of like a tally of um, the New York times looking at like who, you know, had a best-selling audiobook, and we are doing so well. If you go to Amazon, we're actually the number one audiobook um, in business, which is amazing. And that's thanks to 
all of you who heard it and loved it and then told your friends about it. So I wanted to play you one more sample piece of it because you can actually get it for free. Audible is amazing. If you go to audible.com slash dream job, you get a free audiobook with a free trial. So you can actually go ahead and get this book for free, which hopefully will move you and hopefully will help you and It'll also absolutely help me if every one of you went and got this free audiobook. So please do. And also I want to let you know that tonight, Monday night, November 25th, I'm going to be speaking and signing books and taking pictures at Roman's bookstore in Pasadena at 7 p.m. So if you're in or around LA and you want to come hang, then meet me at Roman's bookstore in Pasadena. Love to see you. And December 1st at 7 p.m., I will be in Nashville doing something so cool with my good friend, Jeff Goins. We'll be chatting about my book and we'll be chatting a little about his books. He wrote an amazing book called Real Artist don't starve and I've had him on the show and I think it's such an important message for this audience. So we'll be doing a book signing at the well in Nashville and it's it's free but the space is limited so we need you to RSVP. There'll be a link in the show notes to the uh, Eventbrite link and again the event is free but if you're in the Nashville area click on it and RSVP because I'd love to see you. Okay so in today's episode I'm sharing chapter one of my audiobook Don't Keep Your Day Job and this is really like my love letter to you about why this message of finding your purpose means so much to me. And I mean, truly, I wouldn't write the book or do the show if it didn't actually physically hurt me to think of people feeling this sense of longing and not feeling seen and not adding your gifts to the world because the stakes are really high. Like every one of us has come here to serve the world and we know that and there's something that's always been just sort of gnawing at us that feels like something's incomplete. There's somewhere we're supposed to be. There's something we're supposed to do. We know that. And it's because we were put here to do something only we can do. We know we want to contribute. We know we're supposed to make the world better. We know there's a big role and it has to do with overcoming a lot of your fear in order to go toward it and trust and, and to explore and let go of shame and give yourself permission and all of that. So I wanted to share that with you. And in this first chapter, I'll also be sharing some of what I went through in my journey. I know it seems like all of a sudden I had success and there was a podcast and a book, but believe me, it was not all sunshine and rainbows. There were lots of dark moments. There were years and years of feeling alone and hopeless. And there was so much hustle and putting myself out there sometimes just to be rejected and taking you know, those scary, shaky steps, not even knowing if sometimes I was even in the right direction. And I hope that this reminds you that it, it's not an overnight process, but it is so, so possible when you take that action. And where you are right now on your path is where you need to be in order to do the next right step. You just have to keep going. All right, here we go. Chapter one, don't keep your day job. The opposite of depression is not happiness. The opposite of depression is purpose. Kathy Heller. It's a fun title with a rhythm to it, but there's so much more to this idea than simply building a business that allows you to literally quit your day job. It's about finding your life's work and waking up every day with purpose and gratitude for the ability to live that purpose in a powerful way. Your day job is really a synonym for all the uninspired, routine, and mundane parts of your life. As you begin to design your life around purpose, how you move through the world will change. 
you'll want to foster more supportive and positive relationships that help you serve the world. We've grown up in a system that doesn't always support our highest good. The system was in many ways designed for factory workers. It wasn't built to consider each person's unique gifts or the particular ways each individual can add to the whole. From a young age, we're placed on a timeline that we're expected to follow. We're praised for following the rules of the game by receiving good grades and the ability to advance to the next level. We're taught to check the boxes from school to university to career, with experiments and side projects regarded as distractions from the big picture. The system promises that you'll arrive at middle age with a successful career without taking into account your individual talents and passions. Most people reach their 40s and find themselves walking from the parking lot to the elevator feeling like something is missing. We think we're doing okay because we landed the corporate job, got health benefits, and set ourselves up for a life that someone else wanted for us. We often ignore the pain for too long and lie to ourselves until we receive that giant wake-up call. Our bodies or circumstances reach a breaking point. I have experienced this, and I've spoken to many people on the podcast who have as well. We might get sick, like Sarah Knight, who was having panic attacks while working at a New York publishing company. We might lean on drugs and alcohol to keep up with a life that isn't serving us. We might wait so long that we find ourselves at the bottom of a ditch, like Jen Sincero, who found herself in her 40s surviving on canned tuna and living in a garage. We might face the loss of a loved one, as Emily McDowell did. Her best friend's death shook her awake. Sometimes we don't get the obvious wake-up call and risk settling for the rest of our lives unless we make the decision to change. We're not constructing classrooms that teach people how to harness the magic inside of them. We're not cultivating that consciousness. We're not being taught to think outside of the box, and we're certainly not praised for being messy. But in order to find solutions and make things, we need to explore and have space to develop ideas. The phrase day job is a synonym for the system that's told us to stay in line. Most people spend their lives building someone else's dream. I want you to build your dream. I want you to find your work. You have something to do in this world that only you can do. I know you are seeking fulfillment, and I'm on a mission to help you find it. There's a new American dream. The goal isn't necessarily to become famous or beat the competition within someone else's paradigm. It's about simply finding a way to make a living doing what you love, stepping into the space where joy commands your compass. It is possible to feel immense confidence and ease by simply surrendering to the thing that's been whispering to you all your life. It may seem hard to discern. Maybe you pushed it aside or brushed it off. Maybe you have loved several activities, industries, daydreams, and never known which to choose. Perhaps you never felt like a standout at any one thing in particular. Whichever it is, I promise that there is something you felt drawn to, and others notice what you add to the world. There's a seed there. There's a clue. We must get back in touch with our ability to feel our truth and follow it. There's deep wisdom I will help you uncover that has been with you all along, hidden in plain sight. I'm entering my 40s having fully surrendered to this whisper within, and now I feel in the current. People will ask me about New Year's resolutions or where I'll be in five years, and I can confidently respond, I don't work that way. I set sail and chart a course in the direction of whatever is calling me. I lean into my joy and curiosity. I know that I'll be shown where to go next. 
I don't want to control it. Because I'm much more interested in what will happen when I stay in that flow. I want to walk toward the feelings. I don't have to be Beyonce. I don't need to be Bill Gates. I want to be in service, doing my thing that gives me joy. I want to do something I love. Success to me isn't the bank account or the fame. Success is feeling like you are living your life instead of the life someone else wants you to live. You are leaving your mark, and the world is better for it. I'm going to declare a new measurement of success that matches up with the new dream. Success is how often you're swimming in that joy of being alive. Success is the feeling that you're on an adventure that's going to continue evolving exactly as it should. Success is feeling purpose and being paid for it. What might happen if you stopped resisting it and instead set sail? Chart a course in the direction of your joy. You will be shown where to go as long as you stay in the flow. Okay, before we go on, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsors. There's nothing more inspiring than to see someone who is radiating confidence. And I love it when a woman walks into the room like she owns it. She's the ultimate boss babe and just a little sparkly accessory to catch the eye. Lightbox Jewelry is a new company that makes gorgeous lab-grown diamonds, which are essentially chemically the same as natural ones. Every stone from Lightbox is super high quality, so they're priced the same at $800 per carat. They also come in awesome colors like pink and blue. They have beautiful rings, earrings, necklaces. These pieces and the colors look so stunning. I think this would be a perfect gift, especially with the holidays coming up. So treat yourself to a little sparkle. To get $25 off your first order, go to Lightbox boxjewelry.com slash dreamjob and use promo code dreamjob at checkout. That's $25 off your first order by going to lightboxjewelry.com slash dreamjob, promo code dreamjob. The holidays are all about spending time with our friends, our family, and creating memories, and it's important to preserve those memories so they can be passed down for the next generations to come. With Legacy Box, you can get a lifetime of old family memories, videotapes, photos, and more digitized to a thumb drive, cloud download, or DVD. The process from start to finish is super easy. I've used it, and I love how convenient it is. I just went online, I purchased the box I wanted, and then Legacy Box sent me a kit so I could fill it with old videotapes and photos. I sent it back to them, and a couple weeks later, they gave me the originals plus the preserved digital copies. So we had a family night to watch all those old home videos and just to reminisce on those special moments. This Black Friday and Cyber Monday, forget about doorbusters and head to LegacyBox.com for their best deal of the year. Your life's biggest moments call for some big savings. Get 60% off Black Friday and Cyber Monday orders. While everyone else is going crazy trying to get the best deals this Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you can relax knowing you've saved big on saving your memories. After all, technology can be replaced with the next best thing, but a lifetime of one-of-a-kind memories that's irreplaceable. Order your Legacy Box today to take advantage of Legacy Box's Black Friday or Cyber Monday sale. For a limited time, take an unprecedented 60% off. Go to LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob to get 60% off your first order. Save your time and memories. Go to LegacyBox.com slash DreamJob and save 60%. How I got here. Who am I to tell you all this? And how do I know? I don't think it is fair to ask you to dig deep into your very soul alongside me throughout this book without first sharing my journey. I didn't always feel the way I feel today. I wake up every day true to myself. My childhood was complicated. There was a lot of sadness, and I never felt at ease at home. My parents fought nonstop. I used to hide under the sheets while my parents would fight. I dreamed of a day when I'd be far from there. I lived in fear of my dad's anger. My mom was always exhausted, and my dad was always frustrated. My mom could barely get out of bed. She was so unhappy. She spent much of her time under the weight of a dark depression. 
One of my earlier memories is her taking me to breakfast when I was four and explaining how miserable her marriage was and how she regretted not following her dreams. I became my parents' therapist at the age of five. I would sit patiently listening to their grievances. I gave them the very best advice that my innocence could provide, but I felt deeply exploited and unseen. My existence seemed to matter only to the extent that I could make everyone else feel good. I had so little practice speaking that teachers started to notice. I was sent to speech therapy in first grade because no one could understand me. It sounded like I spoke with marbles in my mouth. The therapist told my parents that I needed to have time to talk at home, too. I would watch movies and wish I could magically appear at those dinner tables where people were present and someone saw me. I wanted to be somewhere I felt safe. But it wasn't all darkness. I watched a lot of 80s TV. I played with my older sister. I organized talent shows outside with friends on my block. And there was music. My mother was almost like Peter Pan. She would encourage me to stay up until midnight to watch reruns of The Honeymooners. She let me eat ice cream for dinner, and she would ask me to skip school and go to the beach with her. She had incredible highs and dramatic lows. She was magical any time that she felt good, but unfortunately, she was down most of the time. My mom applauded creativity more than traditional smarts. She brought out the artist in me at such a young age, sitting with me to make collages and reading to me at the library. She tucked me in bed at night. It was always her idea to take off our shoes and feel the grass between our toes or stop to notice a hummingbird. She took me to dance lessons and piano lessons and drove me to theater rehearsals. Music was our vehicle for connection and expression. My mother's greatest tragedy was that she never had the energy or confidence to act on her potential talent. Growing up, she had been the star of her high school drama department. She was an incredible actress. She had great depth and presence on the stage, but she didn't have the courage to explore that path. Since she was a child of the 1950s, she was told she had to choose between being a mother and having a career. I saw firsthand the impact of leaving your gifts untapped. We were so close when I was young, which made it even more painful when her sadness started to overcome her completely. She always had a touch of melancholy, and it wasn't uncommon for her to feel depressed or cry while singing at the piano. But those early moments of pure light and love stayed with me. I was around 14 years old when her anxiety took over and the darkness reigned. It took me decades to realize that so much of my mother's desperation came from the choices she made not listening to her gut. I felt her frustration, and I did not want that to be me. Once my parents split, it went from bad to worse. The crash of abandonment became too much to bear. I too felt deeply betrayed, but I had to become a cheerleader for her life. I brought home flowers and pep talks until the day I wondered why I had never tried being angry about it. What about me, I pleaded. Aren't I enough reason for you to want to live? Her response shook me. You're not enough. I can't live for you. I have nothing left to give. That one moment unknowingly set me down the path I continue to walk to this day. My mom tried to commit suicide one night. Overwhelmed, I drove to my dad's house in the dark to ask for help. His response, that I should not come over when his girlfriend's children were sleeping, shook me. I drove home with little will to live. I felt invisible, and I never wanted another person to ever feel that way. It took years, but it was this mission that brought me to where I am today. Identifying this vision and the road to embodying it was winding. 
I had to become a truth seeker first. My childhood left me with the giant misconception that people grow up to become unhappy adults with unfulfilling marriages and stressful jobs. During my teenage years, my grades dropped, and I rarely did any schoolwork. I was barely surviving those years. I felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. I would not have graduated at all, but for one teacher who understood me and said, get the hell out of here. He gave me a grade that I didn't deserve, which allowed me to graduate. Thankfully, that set me on my quest to finally find some answers. I was squeezed into college. I started at a state university that put me on academic probation on day one. I began to look around and wonder about the state of the world. I enrolled in religion classes where the teachings of Buddhism and Judaism started to shed light around the idea of purpose. I read every spiritual book I could find in search of the answer to the existential question, why are we here? I fell in love with the search for meaning and understanding the way human beings relate to our purpose in the big scheme of things. I felt called to speak and inspire. I became editor of my college paper. I had no real sense of what I wanted to do with my life, but that was one of the first times that I followed my inner compass. A whisper told me to inspire the 40,000 students who read that college newspaper. I graduated with a degree in humanities and promptly took off for a three-week trip to Jerusalem. I wanted to do some soul-searching. I wound up staying for three years. Once there, I fell in love with God. You might use another word. Everyone must find their own North Star. But I found a way to connect with the source of the world, the one who is, was, and always will be. As my teacher, Rabbi David Aaron, says, we are each a masterpiece, a piece of the master. I was mesmerized. It infused me with meaning and a sense of purpose. I felt connected to the infinite and knew that there was a part of me that was plugged into the source of all creation. I knew I was put here to serve an ultimate good, and it felt good. Learning about Jewish tradition in 3,000-year-old texts became like oxygen for me. This, combined with my earliest experiences, transformed my outlook on the world and the way in which I moved through it. I woke up feeling inspired, as if every cell in my being was connected to this palpable abundance of energy the sweet divine light that permeates everything and connects us all. There are no extras. We are each created for a reason. I learned that the world needed something that only I could add. After spending three years absorbed in a world of mystics, I was ready to take action and practice all that I had learned in the Holy Land. I arrived in Los Angeles 16 years ago with the dream of becoming a musician. I can still remember my family begging me not to go saying success doesn't happen for people like us. I loved music as a child. My sister and I would sit at the piano with my mom and sing and laugh. Alone, I would scribble down lyrics, too. It was my greatest refuge, a sacred release and portal to expression. I would whisper to myself that writing songs would be the ticket out of the darkness and into the spotlight. I craved being seen, dreamed of filling stadiums. There was a healthy dose of naivete in my move to Los Angeles. My credentials were nothing more than a belief that I was destined to be an artist and the confidence built through my spiritual explorations. I had no friends, no connections, no trust fund. I put one foot in front of the other and very slowly, my story started to unfold. I found a job on Craigslist, enough to pay rent on a small room, and got to work researching how exactly one acquires a record deal and becomes, you know, a rock star. I thought the only way to make it as a songwriter was to sell records, it was the only path I knew of. I worked super hard. 
I tried to meet anyone I could collaborate with. I saved enough money to create demos and then researched contacts at the labels. It was all about asking the right questions. What do I do to get from point A to point B? Who do I need to know? How do I get a meeting? One belief that I say over and over again on my podcast is how often we think it's a lack of resources that stands in our way. We feel deflated when we don't have the money or the contacts or the right zip code. I have learned that our greatest resource is our own resourcefulness. The good news is that all those extras, money, connections, a fancy college degree, might be nice but are in no way necessary. With a driving sense of determination and resourcefulness, we can figure anything out. I was also born with an innate stubbornness to live and experiment and lead. My husband says I have the will of a small country. I wrote songs for three years straight, some better than others, and I finally secured that fabled record deal with Interscope. I sat in the recording studio wearing my sleekest pair of True Religion jeans, watching veteran A&R executive and record producer Ron Fair record Lady Gaga's paparazzi, and I thought to myself, I made it. I'm here. I felt like I reached the promised land. Starbucks order hand-delivered by an intern and all. There was a quiet part of myself that felt like I was trying too hard to be someone else. I shushed that voice real quick, promising myself, this is it. You will do it, and this will be your life. I was driving my little car through Santa Monica three months later when I got a phone call from my producer. He asked me to pull over. We're going to drop you from the label, he said. Silence. Look, he said, not unkindly. You have nice songs. It's Michelle Branch meets Natalie Merchant meets Sheryl Crow. They're conversational, but they're not pop sensations. We're not sure if you can do this new wave of what's hot on the radio. You have talent, but we just can't take the chance. It was soul-crushing. It felt like I'd met the Wizard of Oz, only to find out that he had no power. I erased my dream of a music career. I went in search of a new identity. I'll be a therapist since I've done that for my parents. I'll become a yoga teacher because that's been good for me. I'll take an interior design class, so I'll still be creative. I tried to apply my craft to nonprofits, a floral design studio, a casting agency, a real estate firm. I was drowning in misery, and I couldn't figure out why because all these occupations make a decent life for someone. I finally found a job making connections for a commercial real estate mogul. It seemed like a great option B at the time. I was making well into six figures at age 25, driving a hot convertible and enjoying all the sushi that Los Angeles could provide. But I felt like a fraud, and I was completely not myself. It took two years to hit a breaking point, which of course happened in the car, as most critical moments in Los Angeles do. I was sobbing on the side of the interstate when I decided, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to stop lying to myself and change course. I remembered how my rabbi used to tell us to imagine a guitar being used to hold a plant or an iron being used as a paperweight. It is not doing what it was designed to do. I felt like I was not living my potential. I was not doing me. I was living someone else's life. It was one of those moments that seemed disastrous, but is actually a blessing. It was time to remember that there was something more I was born to do. One thing I've learned is that the opposite of depression is not happiness. It is purpose. We're all chasing a feeling of meaning, a sense that we're contributing our unique essence. It's scary when you start to ask yourself these big questions. It's threatening to people around you. It demands that you switch things up and get out of your comfort zone. 
It's not easy to stretch yourself like that, but it is so rewarding. I did not know how I would find a way to write music again, but I was ready to change my story. Only then did the signs appear. It's an enigma that we'll review again and again, but clarity follows action. Only once we're willing to shed our well-designed plans of what the journey should look like can we get messy and figure out where we're actually supposed to thrive. I picked up a Billboard magazine for the first time in years that week. I opened it to a feature article on indie artists licensing their songs for TV series and commercials. A light bulb went off. This was a path that I had never considered. I had worked hard to get a record deal, but here was another way to make music. I would research, take notes, observe which kinds of sounds and lyrics were being used, and then intentionally write music that aligned with that. There are artists who might consider this below them, an inferior way to make it as a musician. But I said no to those doubts. There are so many ways to make a living, even if it doesn't look exactly like what you thought it would. I started reverse engineering and found there were some incredible musicians making big waves in the space, including Regina Spector, Ingrid Michaelson, and Christina Perry. I had my first big breakthrough. I realized that the difference between a hobby and a business was caring about your buyer and not being inspired just for your own sake. I started to research what songs were being used in TV shows, films, and ads. I looked for consistencies in lyrical themes and production. I started writing with the needs of other people in mind. Then I researched the emails of producers and agencies. I found a way to pitch my music that felt genuine and memorable and broke through the competition. I started to write music again with more energy than ever before. I called hundreds of music agencies, speaking to more than 40 people a day, not just in Los Angeles, but in Seattle, New York, Milan, Paris, and Sydney. It was uncomfortable. I received 200 no's for every yes, but I was willing to tolerate a high level of discomfort if it meant I could finally do what I wanted. It took massive effort, but I started to make real money. A major retailer used one of my songs twice, and I received a check for $100,000. My annual income grew from $200,000 to $300,000 the next year. My songs appeared on TV shows like Pretty Little Liars, The Office, and Criminal Minds, as well as on commercials for McDonald's, Hasbro, and KFC. I did this year after year and grew a career where I got to write music but live in anonymity. Every day was a holiday because I was making a lawyer salary for going to the studio. I started to receive recognition through profiles in Variety, Billboard, and LA Weekly. They all shared the same message. Kathy Heller is writing her own check licensing songs. I didn't even have a PR agent or a booker. I still don't. Artists began to ask me for help, but my identity as an artist was still very fragile. I believed that if I did anything but write music, then I would be a sellout. But the artists kept coming, so I finally decided to open an agency. Why did it have to be an either-or when it could be a yes-and? I could be an artist and help other artists. My production quadrupled that year with theme songs and end titles for movies and trailers. This moment in my career also sparked the realization that I could try out a massive amount of ideas and events and projects in order to figure out what worked. Why limit ourselves to one role? Why commit to one means of income when it is possible to build out and experiment and create a network of opportunities and resources? The messier that we're willing to get, the more we invite synchronicity into our lives. That's exactly what happened for me when I asked to appear on a friend's podcast to speak about the music business. A friend listened to the podcast, which was a new medium for me, and asked, could you start an online course to teach me and other artists around the world? 
It took this request to make me realize that an online course could solve a major challenge. Artists were sending me tons of songs that weren't quite right. An online course could build a foundation, teach them what kinds of songs we're working on, and how to reverse engineer what music supervisors needed. In any industry, successful people are not looking for opportunities. They're looking to solve a problem for someone else. Pregnant with my third daughter, I signed up for Amy Porterfield's digital course on building online courses and held my first webinar as a result. A thousand people signed in live, and the course went on to make $450,000 in its first year. It all felt too ridiculous to possibly be true. The best part of all was that so many songwriters found success licensing their music. One participant with zero previous experience made $55,000 when his song appeared in a coffee ad. Another made $75,000 for his song in a beer spot. Almost 40 people placed songs that year, which meant the material led to results. This was huge. It took another knock at the door to wake me up to the greatest adventure I've embarked on so far. One of my students, Amy loftus Pachensky, recognized that 85% of what I talk about applies not only to music, but to anyone with a passion project. It's not just musicians who need to hear this, but anyone who desires to make money doing what they love. It takes simple techniques, from caring about the needs of your customer, to sending cold emails, to pitching yourself. But the majority of people are in the dark on where to start. I had a million reasons to not add another project to my life, but there was that whisper again urging me on. I met a friend of a friend who introduced me to the smart people who helped me launch my podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job. I doubted that there would be more than 50 listeners on that first episode, but Apple thought it was worth a listen, so they featured it on their main page. Our podcast started rising up the charts from the number 50 spot to number 20 to number two in the business category. Those first 50 listeners were joined by over 100,000 others, and the numbers just grew from there. A year later, we reached 1 million downloads, and it quickly multiplied to 2 million, and then 6 million, and on after that. It became clear to me how important this message was. You are enough. You matter. You're here for a reason. You have something unique that you and only you can contribute to this world, and we need you. Today, I host the podcast, coach, run workshops, and am mom to three girls. I still write songs and teach and run an agency. It can feel like a lot, but it is also the most fun that I've ever had and incredibly rewarding. I wake up at 5 a.m. every morning with more energy and excitement than at any other point in my life. I have finally found a method for helping others, and that feels like the greatest success. Where our paths meet. As with all creative processes, the soul of the project is often not fully revealed until the 11th hour. It took months to realize the purpose of this book is so much more than business or motivation or worth. It's about trusting those hunches, trusting your joy. Imagine breaking free of the constraints of your current reality and learning new tools to tap into a flow where you are seamlessly led to the right opportunities, serendipitously find your tribe, and attract financial abundance. If you picked up this audiobook, then you're curious about transformation and might hear that whisper that questions what life could look like if you really opened up. I'm going to take you on a journey to living more in tune with yourself. It is the most simple and perhaps most complex work that you will ever do. Journal on Don't Keep Your Day Job. I'm going to share takeaways and writing prompts at the end of each chapter. 
I know you're going to have so many ideas as you listen on. Getting those out of your head and onto the page is one of the most powerful steps that you can take. Let's begin. If you could wave a magic wand and wake up tomorrow getting paid to do what you love, what would you be doing? Would you have your own bakery? Would you be in a Broadway show? Would you be shooting a movie you made? Spend 15 minutes allowing yourself to dream and notice how it feels. Also notice what self-doubt might arise. Don't judge it, just notice it. We will talk about that later. It's normal, and just being aware of it will help. Remember, thoughts aren't facts. Well, I hope you enjoyed that preview of the audiobook. If you want to hear the whole thing, you can go to audible.com slash dream job. And if you're new to Audible, they're going to give you the book for free if you just go ahead and do the free trial. They're not sponsoring this episode, but I want to share our special URL anyway, because I think it's such a great deal and it's totally win-win. You can get my audiobook for free. And at the same time, you're helping us keep climbing the charts on the bestseller list so that this message and this movement can keep gathering more and more momentum. So more beautiful souls who need this will hear it. Thanks so much for listening. We have more incredible episodes coming, so make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen. And the best way you can support us is truly download that audiobook. It's free on Audible. You can also buy a copy of the book, the hardcover. You can grab that on Barnes & Noble and get a few for your friends for the holidays, family members. And if you like this episode or any episode, share it with someone who you think is seeking something more. Share it with someone who might want more meaning in their life because it might be that you sharing this podcast might give that person the extra push to make this a reality where they actually wake up feeling like they're doing what they were meant to do. And think of the change that you can spark just by introducing someone to the idea that there's a way for every one of us to become who we're meant to be. You guys are awesome. I love you. Hopefully I'll see some of you in Pasadena tonight. If you're in the LA area, I'll be at Froman's at 7 p.m. And those of you in Nashville, I'll be there next Sunday, December 1st at 7 p.m. at the well. There's a link in the show notes where you can RSVP to the free event in Nashville. And we will continue to keep you updated as more uh, dates get put on the calendar for the book tour. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. Thunder